Your spoken image is more than just the words you say. It's how you connect with your audience, how you convey your expertise, and it's how you leave a lasting impression. Hey there, this is April Lokar with Semi-Conventional, and I wanted to talk to you about your spoken image strategy. This is an offer that isn't just about refining your speaking skills. It's about aligning your message with your mission to create a meaningful impact. As part of your spoken image strategy, we start with a personalized strategy call. Your transformation really begins with this one-on-one strategy call where we get clear on your goals. We also align on the spoken image pillars that will streamline your talking points, ensuring every word you speak drives your vision forward. And then we have ongoing support as part of this as well. Your transformation doesn't stop at the end of the call. You'll then get two weeks of unlimited audio messaging support, and that gives you direct guidance from me as you refine and implement your strategy. So whether you have questions, need feedback, or just want to bounce ideas around, I am here to support you seamlessly. If you're an entrepreneur or a professional who has an upcoming speaking engagement or a networking event, if you aspire to be an impactful speaker in your industry, and if you see value in focusing and elevating a specific area of expertise in your business, we need to talk. If you're ready to speak with purpose and passion, book your spoken image strategy session today at semiconventional.com slash spoken image. Now back to the show. Hey there, this month on Her Spoken Image, we're talking about all things related to stories. Have you ever heard someone make a comparison that turned on a light bulb for you and you finally understood the concept they were trying to describe? Today, we'll be talking about how to use stories to make topics relatable. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Her Spoken Image. I'm April Lokar, founder of Semi-Conventional and Thought Leadership Consultant. Are you ready to make a greater impact using your unique perspective? I know what it's like to realize you're in the middle of your career and want to create a new path. I've pivoted from school teacher to corporate trainer to entrepreneur with lots of lessons learned along the way. If you want to use your authentic voice to speak up with confidence, you're going to love it here. Each episode, you'll get actionable tips to master public speaking like a pro while honing your spoken image so your message comes through loud and clear. And we'll do all this through a semi-conventional lens that blends a little tradition with a lot of feminist perspective. Sound good? Then let's get into it. I talk about using stories all the time. And something that often comes up is people will ask me, well, how do you use stories to make things relatable? I don't really know how to do that. So that's what we're talking about today. Now, the first thing that you need to think about is relating to your audience. So many people use sports analogies, which are great in some spaces, but there are tons of times in my career where I knew the analogy didn't land because that crowd wasn't big into sports. And you can see it on their faces. If you're in a room with live people and you are using an analogy or telling a story, 
And they're like, where are you going with this? I don't understand anything about football or basketball or baseball, whatever the example is that you're giving. They just start to glaze over because they're like, oh, okay, here we go. Sports analogy, getting down the field, right? That sort of thing. And they start to lose interest in what you're talking about because they know that this analogy isn't going to connect with them. And that's not to say that you have to relate to every single person that you are talking to. But when it comes to a wide audience that you are addressing, you really, really want to think about different ways to say the same thing and having multiple analogies and examples to be able to pull from. That way it will connect with more people and relate with your audience. Knowing your audience will make a really big difference in being able to pull an appropriate analogy. But you don't always know what type of people are in your audience or what their likes or dislikes are. So how do we address that? Well, this is an example where repetition is an amazing tool. Let's say that you are describing something that's a step-by-step process and there's a very clear, you know, you need to do this and then that and then the next thing. There are billions of examples that you can pull from that talk about a foundation, right? You could talk about the foundation of building a house and then you put up the wood for the frame on the walls and then you drywall over that, right? You can go through all sorts of things like that. But you could also talk about it, I think I used the example last week on an ice cream sundae, right? You start by putting the ice cream in the dish and then you put on some hot fudge and then maybe you also put on some caramel and then you put on some sprinkles and so on and so forth. Or you could even go as basic as getting dressed in the morning, right? You need to put on underwear first and then you put on your base layer of clothes. Maybe that's a shirt and pants and then it's cold outside. So you need a sweater, but then maybe it's also raining and you need a rain jacket, right? You can go through all of these examples just for a step-by-step process. And if you relate each of the steps in your process to one of those foundational steps of something that people understand at a really basic level, that's going to help them connect with your topic. So relating to your audience is one area to start off with. Connecting with familiar concepts is the next step. I personally like to think of examples of everyday life stuff, common themes that happen to a lot of people, like stuff that you see in memes or on social media that a lot of people are talking about. Those are great things to pull into any talk that you're doing, whether that's a presentation, something at a conference, or even just on social media if you're doing speaking. So maybe you're talking about, you know, the challenges of doing something when you're in a rush. You could use an example like taking a shower and trying to get dressed in, you know, tight jeans really quickly or something like that, right? You're trying to pull up those pants and it is just they're stuck to your skin because it's all damp from the shower and it's a whole, you know, thing. It takes so much longer. You could go on about an example like that. Or if you're in an area where a lot of people drive, you could use a really quick example of hitting all the red lights when you're in a hurry, right? Because that seems to happen to everybody. 
So there's lots of ways that you can connect familiar concepts that happen in everyday life to your talk and really just interject a little bit of a breath of fresh air, right? So if you're talking about something that's a really involved and heavy topic, adding these quick little examples in there just lightens the mood a little bit. And again, it makes things more relatable for your audience. So we've talked a little bit about relating to your audience and connecting with familiar concepts. And I want to take a super quick step back and make sure to take note of how you get to the point where you can relate to your audience. I talked about this on the previous episode. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and give episode 25 a listen. But thinking about the core of what your message is, is going to help you a ton here. And it doesn't have to be, you know, oh, the core of my message is talking about how technology relates to educators, right? It doesn't need to be something like that. Think about the core of your message as, are we talking about a process, how things change, something else, right? There's kind of that really high level message behind what you're talking about. And you're going to be able to identify these key themes more and more once you just take a quick step back and start looking for them. And I bring this up because that's going to be really helpful when you start looking back at your story bank that you're going to start writing, right? And being able to say, okay, what stories do I have that relate to this key theme, right? And it's going to start to connect for you a lot more the more you practice this skill. So just thinking about the high level core of your message will help you make all these things relatable, just taking that minute to think about it. So let's talk about a real life example. Right now, I am putting together a signature talk for myself about how to trust your gut, specifically when it comes to your own career and business. Now, I know that my audience for this type of talk is primarily going to be women, typically female entrepreneurs. And if they're not women, they're probably at least feminists, right? Thinking about the type of people that I'm talking to and who I'm working with. So I actually started off by identifying the core theme of what I'm talking about, which is trusting your gut. And that has really helped me to pull in a whole host of examples that have happened across my career. First one that I can think of even just off the top of my head right now is when I was in high school, I worked a job at a grocery store and, you know, collecting carts. And then it was, you know, bagging groceries and, you know, stocking shelves and all of that sort of thing. And I had this job in high school and then through the start of college. And when it was a situation where I needed to ask for a day off to do something that I wanted to do related to school activities uh, when I was a freshman in college. And my manager, who was kind of always a jerk, said, no, you didn't ask for it in time. I can't give it to you off. And I walked out of that store and I just went to my car and was crying because I'm like, I'm already committed to this other thing at the college. So what am I going to do? And this guy was just, you know, a horrible manager who stressed everybody out. 
So as I'm, you know, sitting in my car at 18 years old and, you know, I called my mom, I think at the time, and I was just like, hey, here's what's going on. You know, what do you think I should do? And, you know, she was like, well, it's up to you. You know, what do you think? And in that moment, I just knew I can't work this job and go to college at the same time anymore. I can work, just not this job. So I walked back in that store and I handed in my apron and I just said, hey, y'all, I'm not coming back. Sorry. And while I'm not proud of the fact that I quit a job on the spot, it was really an example where I felt like I stood up for myself and trusted my gut and said, this is not the place I need to be anymore. And, you know, long story short, I ended up taking a job that was an office job in a really small office. And it was really, really great to work that job during college. They were super flexible. There were all sorts of good things that happened in that job. So it put me on the right path because I trusted my gut to say, this is not the place for me right now. And I've got like 12 other stories that I can think of that also relate to trusting my gut when it comes to my career. One of those is even building on that first story, right? When I was working that office job in college, my gut told me, you can be making a lot more money. Now, this was a long time ago. So, you know, I'm making like minimum wage at this point. um, And in California, that's, you know, better than federal minimum wage. But when you're trying to pay for things, you still got a long way to go. So my gut told me, I need to be making more money in order to, you know, get ahead and be able to pay for things that I want while I'm still in college. And because I knew that I had marketable skills, when something came up that somebody I knew said, hey, we have this job and it pays, I think, a lot more than you're making right now. And I said, yeah, great. Let me contact them. I basically had this other job. And so at that office job, I gave them my notice and the boss there who owned the company said, well, is this just about money? And I'm like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, what is it going to take to get you to stay? And so I told him the price tag and he was like, okay, done. And he actually paid me more than what that other job was going to pay me. So it was, again, a matter of trusting my gut to go after something and do the hard thing. Now, should I, in hindsight, have negotiated? Probably uh, before even looking for another job. But that's a different angle that I can take on that story for a different topic. So going with my theme of trusting my gut, my gut told me I needed to make more money. And it was right because I essentially doubled my salary with, you know, a couple of hours of work in an interview and giving notice and, you know, negotiating with the the owner of the company. And it really worked out for me in the long run. So you can see how these stories start to really play alongside each other. And again, I have many, many more of these that I can pull from. And that's because I've spent time over the years thinking about these stories and like, hmm, what lessons can I take away from that? Or what is this really about? Well, yeah, it's about trusting my gut. It could be about negotiation. It could be about career development and movement right? There can be all sorts of different themes to layer on top of the same story. And I would be overlooking it if I didn't also point out that these personal examples all relate to our last episode, episode 25, talking about using personal stories in professional settings. So just some things to keep in mind as you continue down your journey of using stories in your spoken image. 
Now I'll give you two final tips. The first one is a lot of people tell me, well, I can't think of examples and metaphors, and maybe I'm not ready to use personal stories in my work setting. That is totally fine, and I understand where you're coming from. In the masterclass that I did with Vin Zhang, he recommended a book, and I will recommend it to you now. It's called I Never Metaphor I Didn't Like. It's a comprehensive compilation of history's greatest analogies, metaphors, and similes by Dr. Marty Groth, Grothy, not sure how I'm saying that, but you can look it up on Amazon. It's like, I don't know, 10 bucks or something. Um, Maybe it's 18, uh, depending on if you get the hardcover. But it's a really great book that compiles a lot of metaphors and analogies and things like that. So you can skim through that and start to find different examples that you can pull in to help relate your topic at a higher level. So check that book out if that's something that, you know, you don't want to use personal stories so much. I get it, right? But find a way to use some examples and analogies. And the final tip that I'll give you is avoid overcomplication. When you are giving analogies or even personal stories, keep it really simple and really accessible so that you get a broad understanding right? You might be giving an example that is really culturally specific. And that can be really hard for a wider audience to understand. So maybe that means you need to give some background to the story, or maybe you need to simplify the example that you're using. And even when we're telling stories, right, it can be super easy to go on all these tangents and start to paint the picture of all the characters involved and all this stuff, right? But I really want you to think about how can you simplify the story to get to the key point with enough detail that it paints the picture. And it is a fine balance. I totally understand that. If that's something that you want help with, please go to semiconventional.com and look at services. In my spoken image strategy session, we can work through different examples and things like that that can pull to the core themes of the messages that you're trying to get across, right? We can work through your spoken image pillars that sort of like content pillars, but we're using them for your spoken image. That way you have a clear direction for the types of things that you're talking about. And that helps you to simplify the stories that you're pulling into it. So we can do all of that in a spoken image strategy session. So check that out on semiconventional.com. Till next time. Before you go, thanks for listening. Hit that subscribe button, then leave a review so other aspiring thought leaders can find the show and hone their spoken image too. That's it for today. And remember, I'm rooting for you.